0: We are back with another extra exciting episode of Do The Woo, episode number 68. Bob, we're chugging away, aren't we?
1: We are chugging away. I almost forgot to unmute my mic. I'm sorry, everybody. There's a lawnmower that's deciding that um, I was going to do my one recording for the week, and uh, he waited out in his truck for the perfect timing. So, um...
0: We're chugging, we're chugging so fast, Bob can't even unmute fast enough. That's how quick we're yeah. going. But we're episode number 68. We've got a great show ahead of us. But first, we definitely want to thank the sponsors that help make the magic happen. First off is WooCommerce. Maybe you've heard of them. I hope so. That's what we talk about on this show. Um, head on over to WooCommerce.com. They're our community sponsor. And we want to give a quick note that at Wednesdays at 1400 UTC in the WooCommerce community Slack developers channel, you can get your questions answered your challenges, questions, um, and maybe even go help people if if, uh, if you're able to. So check that out. If you search WooCommerce community Slack, you can sign up for it. It's free and it's a great way to get some support from fellow WooCommerce developers and shop owners and all that great stuff. So go check that out. I also want to thank checkoutwc.com, which uh, actually replaces your WooCommerce checkout with the nice, beautiful, responsive and conversion optimized design. So if you're struggling with conversions, we're trying to increase those conversions, check out their services and see if it's an offering that might be able to help. And also, last but not least, certainly gowp.com white label maintenance plans, content edit requests to help you hand off all that low value work that really eats up your day. And a great group of people over there, and they're ran by a gentleman by the name of Brad. So I fully support any company uh, that has a Brad involved, <laughs> which they do. So go check out gowp.com. How'd I do, Bob?
1: You did great. Not too bad. You're going to get it, you know, I told you you'd eventually get it down to down pat.
0: Well, we're at episode 68, so hopefully by 100, we'll, <laughs> we'll be we'll be rock solid. Uh, we got a great show today. I'm excited to talk to this gentleman we met a few years ago uh, back at WordCamp US and had a nice dinner with some friends, uh, Eric Amundsen. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you. And I hope I did. I pronounce your last name right. I usually remember to ask
2: pre-show and I forgot. So I hope I got your name. No, right. that's all right. I I answered all sorts of things. Technically, it's Amundsen, but Amundsen, Amundsen, I'll answer. Technically, that's what we're
0: going with. Eric Amundsen. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, Eric. Well, thank you. And why don't you just tell our listeners
2: how you do the Woo? How do I do the Woo? Well, I have a, a little agency called Ivy Cat and we build... Uh, custom WordPress websites. And uh, a lot of those are WooCommerce websites or event management websites. And um, yeah, that's how I do the Woo is really working with customers to make either new WooCommerce websites or to kind of supercharge their existing WooCommerce websites so they're higher performing.
0: How did you first come across WooCommerce? It's always fun to hear how people landed on you know, the platform that they they prefer. In this case, it sounds like WooCommerce. I'm curious if you've been using it for years, if you used other platforms and gave it a shot and really liked it. How'd you end
2: up on WooCommerce? Sure. So I I think, you know, my company actually sort of standardized on doing WordPress sites in 2010, Um, but I started back in 2002, you know, just doing HTML, CSS stuff. And so um, there were not a lot of great, real e-commerce platforms you know uh back then the one that we really used a lot at the time was called shop s-h-o-p-p and um we implemented that on a bunch of sites and then actually built a plugin for it to deal with washington state sales tax and um and then of course you know automatic bought woocommerce and that gave woocommerce a big shot in the arm there was the whole jiggle shop thing and that sort of thing. And so, you know, WooCommerce just became the platform to beat. It was huge. Um, and just like WordPress itself, so extensible that it had a really active community of extension developers. And um, so it became for us easier to work with uh, and the market became bigger a lot quicker. I remember Shop. I believe
0: the gentleman that ran it, his name was Jonathan Davis. Um,
2: yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I met him at a WordCamp San Francisco years and years ago. Super nice guy. And I think he moved on and somebody else took over. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I believe it was acquired or sold. I, and, and Shop, uh, prior to Shop, was really the, the only real player in the WordPress space, if I remember correctly, was WP e-commerce, um, which was clunky at best. <laughs> and Shop was really the first. Um, e-commerce kind of plugin that I had seen or used that was more polished and actually had a really, you know, a business model around it um, to help fund it and grow it. And it was a good platform for the time that it was, you know, we're talking, like you said, 2010, you know, pretty early on and uh, as WordPress
2: adoption goes, but um, I remember shop. So that's, a, it was a good plug-in back in its day did WP e-commerce a few times too. And like you said, it was a little more painful at the time. Yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely.
0: Um, <laughs> but it, it worked, you know, it's just as the platform matured, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the options needed to mature and really WooCommerce kind of took off. Uh, like you said, once Automatic bought it, it really was kind of the de facto you know, e-commerce platform um, with a company like Automatic behind it. Is, It's going to be hard to compete with, but there's other options, but we certainly lean towards do the woo. And that's why we love this podcast. So, um, definitely appreciate, appreciate you sharing
1: What I was wondering about a little bit is I've known Eric for a while because he formerly lived in the, um, Seattle area, um, where we had the meetup and word camps and stuff, so I've uh, I've known him through several meetups and word camps. So one of the interesting things, and this kind of takes it a little bit away from WooCommerce, and I know you're kind of an advocate of this as far as the introverts and developers. And I I mean, you know, we're talking WooCommerce, of course. There's going to be plenty of those. And I know we can always get back into the kind of the um, more WooCommerce-centric talk here, but I remember you did a session on it as well at a WordCamp. What have you, you know, I mean, you've gone to WordCamps, you've gone to Meetups, you've gone to WooConf. How have you conquered that challenge?
2: Oh, it's a great question. I think it's so interesting that um, probably within the last three, four years, maybe even five years, there's been a lot more conversation around like mental health and introversion and imposter syndrome and that sort of thing in the WordPress community which I think is really neat because um, I don't think it's I don't think it's the exception. I think there are a lot of people who, you know, I think developers in general tend toward introversion um, just by nature of what they do. Um, Not that everybody is, but um, I, I do think like when you say people are either an introvert or they're not. I do think there's a little bit of a spectrum there, right? So like, and some of it is learned behavior. So when I was a, well, I was a wallflower in high school, but as time went on, I started to learn and develop tactics to be able to deal with extroverted situations. And, you know, um, a friend of mine in Gig Harbor used to tell me that his wife was an extrovert and they would go to a social situation and she would walk out just jazzed and ready to go and pumped and he would walk out as an introvert feeling like all right I got to take the rest of the night off man like I've had enough of people and so anyway to answer your question I think you know my default mode is to try and blend into the background and not make waves and so um, and some of that is just, you know, the way I was raised, and not wanting to look stupid or stuff. So you and I met. You know, I was trying to think about it. It was really early on the, when the WordPress Seattle meetup started, and um, back when we met in the basement of this place called Tech Stars. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like this it, with dark brick area, you know, with little overhead lighting, and sometimes it was like standing room only in there. And one of the cool things about that meetup was that there was usually a main speaker that would talk about some topic and there were great speakers. Cause there was a lot of great talent in the area. And then it would break off into these little groups. And there was, if I remember how they were divided, it was like the users and bloggers in one group. And then the, I think they called them dev designers in another group, you know, folks who were like developers, designers, but not like full on hardcore developers. And then there was the full on hardcore developer group. And, um, and I knew that's where I needed to be because that's where I needed to the most work. That's where I had the most questions. So I would go sit in there and it was super funny because there'd be like 10, you know, men and women sitting around looking at their phones, you know, staring at the ground, looking at their phones, not talking to each other. And, uh, and I realized that someone had to break the ice. And so, you know, I would raise my hand and say, Hey, I'm not too proud to ask a stupid question. What do you guys do about X? And, um, that was usually all that it took and then everybody would open it. Oh, I was wondering that same thing. And then, you know, someone would throw something out and then the conversation was just great. So, so um, my journey as an introvert ended up uh, ending and trying to, or not ending, but you know, I try to be an icebreaker when I can. And I and I try to recognize that for a lot of introverts, it it's debilitating almost to go into these situations or it's really, really scary. And I think I said, even in that talk that I gave Bob, I told the story about, you know, I lived in Gig Harbor and I would drive to Seattle, 40 miles away, something like that, um, to go to the WordPress Seattle meetup. And I think there was more than one time where I made that drive and then sat in the parking lot just really, you know, scared about going inside. Like, I don't know. I'm going to walk in. Everybody's going to look at me. I, I don't have anything to say. I shouldn't really be here and i turned around and drove home and that was just a terrible missed opportunity i would make excuses like i love audiobooks so it's time on the road Woo! but but truly it was you know me not reaching out and what i've learned over the years is that there's a lot of people that feel that way and sometimes all it takes is smiling shaking hands now it would be like bumping elbows or um, you know waving your mask but um, anyway just breaking the ice
1: This episode is brought to you by CheckoutWC.com, a premium plugin that replaces your WooCommerce checkout page with a beautiful, responsive, and conversion-optimized design. I've heard it myself working with shop owners over the last several years, the frustration of limited options they have for the checkout page design. And I know they're eager to implement best practices and good design to maximize conversions. This is where Checkout WC steps in with a solution that helps you with reduced abandoned carts and also helps you increase sales. The best part is that it works with any WordPress theme and you won't need to struggle with configuring page builders or even messing with code. In a nutshell, it's easy to get the checkout page the way you want it to be. Head on over to CheckoutWC.com and sign up for their seven-day free trial. And to top that off, drop in the promo code BOBWP and you'll get 10% off. That's CheckOutWC.com. And now, back to our conversation. Brad, were you ever an introvert?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I kind of classify myself, classify myself as a extroverted introvert, um, which is, is kind of weird, right? But in, it, it, it is. For me, it's purely based on the situation I'm in, uh, of which way I lean. Um, obviously, in a more comfortable space with people I know, I'm much more extroverted, right? Uh, but if you, if I walked into a room and there's, you know, 50 people and I don't know anybody, um, I'm much more likely to kind of sit in the back and observe um, and just kind of take it in. And I don't have a problem um i'm okay with that like i don't I, i'm very much like i like to kind of soak in what's going on soak in my environment um uh listen before i speak a lot of times it's just kind of my nature um but in, like in the wordpress space now that i i know a lot of people when i go to these events it's just i see a lot of people i know and it's just immediate comfort for me but it definitely was not like that initially because i was in a very similar situation to you eric where i would go to an event uh i wouldn't know anybody and i would just kind of sit there and um, I wouldn't really interact. I would get some stuff out of it, but not nearly as much as I could have if I actually just, you know, opened up a bit. So um, I, I also am the type of person that when I'm not, when something, if I'm uncomfortable with something, I will usually try to force myself to go in head first. And that's that's actually how I started speaking at a lot of events because I wanted to get more comfortable at these events. And I thought, well, what's the most terrifying thing I can do? I'll get on stage, right? <laughs> which <laughs> which is terrifying, especially the it first is. number of times that you do it. You still get butterflies, even after you've done it a lot of times, and you're and you feel very comfortable with it. You still get nervous, but um, I think that also helped me overcome it a bit. So I, the one thing I will say about it's an interesting topic, and I agree. I think more people lean towards introvert in this in the web and development and design than, than not not. Um, is the WordPress community is it's one of the greatest things about WordPress, and it's it's so um, open and and uh, welcoming you know that as you start to meet people and learn that you realize that really you can talk to anybody in this community and they want to talk to you Um, nobody's going to tell you to go away because your question's silly or they don't have time to talk to you I think just once you really understand how opening and welcoming this community is it can really help break down some of those barriers that you might have put up uh, on your own that aren't actually
2: there you know right yeah I think sometimes the only barriers to um, engaging are, are just the ones that we put up. And that um, right. sometimes just breaking that little wall, like I heard years ago, I think Andrew Nason referred to the WordPress community as a duocracy. Like if you were interested in doing something, you were part of, you know, you were part of the community. And um, one of the ways that I felt like I could break the ice a little bit was through, contributing in ways you know whether that was just going to meetups or word camps or actually trying to write documentation or do do support or things like that it was a way for me to get in and meet a few people at a time and sort of become part of the community which um you know gives you confidence and you start feeling like oh yeah brad's right this is an opening accepting community and and i can belong here
1: yeah i find it interesting because i, I i've told people that yeah i'm a introverted heart you know i mean that's where i came from and they go yeah right bob (laughs) they, they don't believe me but just that it does take time i go back as far as the early 90s when we started our business and i started um joining chambers of commerce and probably some of the people don't even you know that are listening don't even know what they are but you'd have networking events and you'd sit around a table breakfast network events and everybody would have to stand up and, you know, introduce themselves to at least give your elevator speech. And, you know, it just, I hated it. Uh, My stomach would just be, you know, I was so, it was like I was sweating and I was just, all I could think about is when my time came, I couldn't even listen to what anybody else did. I just sit there and watch them as they got closer one by one, and then I'd have to do it. And, and, you know, I just started doing it more and more. I uh, started speaking early in, uh, I don't know, 2008 or 2009 or something. And, yeah, it was it was something that you just have to – and I still have to push myself on it sometimes. I'll step back and kind of, you know, revert to um, introversion or whatever you want to say because I not only cured my – or tried to cure myself of it, but I – started making an effort to help others. And and, in the sense that I would see people at events that were obviously very, very introverted and shy. And I thought either they want to meet somebody or they don't. So I'd go up and just approach them and talk to them a little bit. And if I, you could always get a feel like if they are looking at you, like, you know, go away. I don't want to talk to you. So, you know, I would. But other times I knew it was just, they were incredibly shy and, and nervous about meeting people. So I talked to him a little bit and then I'd go around and start introducing them. And I did this at a, um, just a short story. I did this at uh, there used to be this um, local um, it was rather known conference each year by Chris Perello. I mean, if you, if you like to go to a nerdy geeky crowd, this I went to, it, and I wasn't particularly that nerdy or geeky. And I went to an after party, And it was in this bar in Seattle, dark basement. And there was this young, I call him a kid because that's what I felt like. You know, he looked like he was 12 years old, but I know he wasn't that young because he was in the bar first thing. And he was standing over against the wall and he just kind of looking frantic. So I thought, well, I'll go up and just start chatting with him. And I, I did. And I, you know, we had a great conversation for about 20 minutes. But the funny thing is, you know, he at one point he looked at me and said, you know, this is kind of freaking me out, this whole place, because everybody's so old. <laughs> <laughs> I looked around at everybody else. I thought, my God, what do he think I am? You know, if this that's the case. <laughs> the guy said something to him like, oh, don't worry. We don't buy, you know, these oh, these people are cool. But it is. It's a very interesting thing to, you know, grow yourself out of. And it does take time and practice and takes your, yourself having to force yourself to do it some situations that aren't particularly comfortable
0: yeah and you can you can kind of bite off small pieces too like local meetups are a great way to kind of dip your toe in because it's less intimidating there's generally less people and not, and nowadays i mean you could even dip your toe in obviously virtually with all the meetups you know uh, being held virtually and even word camps to an extent um so if you know the idea of a, a few hundred people event is terrifying then you know try, try something a little bit smaller and get comfortable with that uh, especially your local community because you automatically have a connection you're local right you're in your the same general vicinity you probably eat at the same places and you know know, know some of the same people even so um, there's definitely ways you can kind of
2: ease ease into it and and grow a bit um, as you get more comfortable absolutely I think one of the nice things too about doing local meetups is like I, I organized a few, one, the South Sound WordPress meetup and another one, which is the Red Wing WordPress meetup in Red Wing, Minnesota, and um, reframing them in my head from being these terrifying things where I'm going to meet strangers to these occasions where I get the opportunity to help people or, you know, to, to see if I can assist. And I think I did that early on with contributing, you know, just being like at one point I was on the docs team and. Um, writing documentation, it just felt like I was helping out, you know, I was contributing in some way. And so that helped me over the terror of meeting new people.
1: And I know, speaking of contributing, um, and I know we've been talking about, you know, um, being introverted, which, you know, it's it's not WooCommerce specific, but you can be introverted and still do the Woo, I think, you know, there, there is that correlation. But as far as contributing to WordPress and WooCommerce, I know you've had some experience with that. I know Brad has as well, especially on the code side of things. Um, do do you, both of you want to kind of touch a little bit about, you know, what people should look at, especially if they're let's even focus it down a bit to WooCommerce. If they want to contribute to WooCommerce, not that you necessarily have all the um you know answers, but just kind of guiding people towards that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Eric. I definitely have some, but I think it's a it's an interesting idea because a lot of people assume if to con- to contribute is writing code, right? And that's not you know that that is
2: obviously a part of it, but that is certainly not. <laughs> Uh, all of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think when we talk about the WordPress ecosystem as a whole, there's all sorts of ways that you can contribute. In fact, I caught on it today. I think the sort of jumping off place for the contributing teams on WordPress.org is make.wordpress.org. And I think there are 18 teams now, 18 separate contributor teams that contribute in some way from documentation to support to training and TV and sorts of things and um, years ago a gentleman named Andrew Woods and I started a docs meetup in Seattle and we do it one Saturday a month where we get together and write documentation for wordpress.org and it was interesting because um, it was a great way to get into the community People would show up and think, oh, I, you know, I don't have anything to contribute. But honestly, if you've been using WordPress at all, you have something to contribute, whether that's just giving feedback or or helping somebody else. You know, the idea we, we at Web Dev Studios, we um, do the five for the future initiative
0: that Matt, you know, proposed years ago mm-hmm. and kind of resurfaced it recently, um, the stay say the word. But we've been doing that ever since. Um, And it's kind of our official way of, as a company to give back to the project. Um, You know, we're very fortunate. We get to do some amazing things on a platform that, WordPress that people spent, you know, untold number of hours building over the years. Um, So the least we can do, the least we can do is give back 5% of our company time. So one day a month, our entire company contributes to WordPress core. And of course our entire, our entire company, um, is not all developers. You know, We have project managers, we have account managers, we have a number of people that don't write code, and, and the ways they contribute are things like support forms, answering questions, or maybe helping organize a local meetup or a WordCamp, or like you said, doc, documentation, the thankless job of actually writing documentation.
2: Uh, <laughs> I know, it's the worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, a lot of what I've seen lately is they're helping transcribe um, videos on WordPress.tv. Um, which is a a kind of a tedious process, but it's watching a presentation and transcribing it. Um, So you have to start it, stop it, you know, type, rewind, start, stop, you know, just go through the whole presentation, transcribing it. Um, Again, it's giving back to WordPress. It's giving back to the project. So there are just so many different interesting ways that you contribute beyond just writing code. Um, I think it's a really cool topic because I think just by default people think, well, if I'm not a developer, how can I really help? But there's a lot of ways. Like you said, if you use WordPress, you have some knowledge that somebody doesn't have and you can help them.
1: This episode is brought to you by GoWP, your partner to help you sell maintenance programs to your clients while growing your business. Now your expertise in designer development should not be weighed down with shop maintenance. And the best solution is to hand off that low-value work that can often eat up your days. Making sure your clients' sites are healthy and up-to-date is critical. We all know that. And their white-label service provides you with their engineers and developers as an extension to your team. And that even extends to their knowledge base. It's filled with pricing page templates, lead magnets, and maintenance plan documentation that you can edit and use yourself. Topping that off is a content edit request service. From experience, I know that any Woo shop, their success is based on fresh and up to date content. Often it gets overlooked, it gets neglected. Well, GoWP has a service that will cover that for your clients and for your agency. Personally, I know that you will not regret extending your services through GoWP and leaving your clients in safe and comfortable hands. I suggest you head on over to GoWP and sign up for their free partner account. That's GoWP.com. Now let's head back to the show.
2: You mentioned that TV, and that is like when people ask me, like, what are the easiest ways for me to start contributing? I think, you know, one is support, because like you just said, you know, if you've got some experience, you've got more than somebody else. So getting on the support forums, there's usually something that you can answer. And my early, uh, victories on the support forum were like, you know, someone would say, I just can't make this thing in my sidebar look right. You know, and I would drop in and give them two lines, of CSS and they would think I was a hero because you know, I made it look right. Um, and so that kind of fed my, Oh, I'm doing something good thing. But, um, so I think support is a good one, but TV is another one that you point out. And one of the things I love about uh, contributing to the TV team is that if you're new to WordPress and you're trying to learn about a subject, WordPress.tv has literally thousands of videos from people from all over the world about all sorts of WordPress-related subjects. So you can find something you're interested in, like search engine optimization, content marketing, you know, developing um, I know Brad's going to do a talk in a couple days on developing your first WordPress plugin. I don't know if that'll be on WordPress.tv, but anyway, you can go watch these presentations and then, like you said, transcribe them, um, which is super helpful to people, you know, basically providing subtitles or even, um, you know, uh, translating into different languages. I'll tell you my my little story about WordPress.tv is the first time I transcribed I guess the first one I transcribed was a presentation from a gentleman at SiteGround. I think it was Daniel Kanchev who gave this presentation on um, moving WordPress sites. It's like 45 minutes, and it was really detailed. Transcription takes a while, so don't start with a 45-minute video. (laughs) And then the next one I did was I transcribed a presentation that I had given at WordCamp. And that was super humbling because having to watch yourself and then listen to yourself over and over again, like I'd have to stop and type and then correct. And oh, it was so humbling because I got to hear all of my own verbal ticks and my stops and starts and, you know, eight sentences together joined by the word so. But, um, but it was a way I could contribute. And uh, so... TV is a great way to get started, even if you think you don't know anything, because there's all sorts of great topics out there that you can help make more accessible to the community by subtitling or translating. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we're contributing right now, right, Bob? Like just, just the knowledge that is being talked about and shared on this yeah. show is contributing to the to the overall project. We're sharing valuable information with people that would like to listen to the show. So I think you just gotta keep that in mind. It's not about just the code or the how things work. It's like contributing to sharing knowledge is how I look at it sharing knowledge uh that you have around WordPress and the project with you know the community with the public that to me is how you is contributing to WordPress
2: yeah absolutely I'm kind of fond of saying like you contribute just by showing up you know just just showing up at these events WordCamps meetups and you know trying to help somebody else telling your story that's contributing
1: yeah that's kind of how I felt the last decade or more with my content, even on my blog, even though it isn't elsewhere or, you know, actually documentation. One of the questions, and I don't know if either one of you have thoughts on this, but when somebody, you know, let's say a developer looks at it and says, oh, I'm, you know, I can get in contribute code. This is cool. I think it would be cool, but it probably would be also a challenge to get them to try to expand a bit and contribute in other areas like documentation or, anything to get a feel of other parts of WordPress. It's kind of like, you know, you get stuck in this bubble and, you know, code is great and that's your comfort level. But it seems like there would be other opportunities for them to say, well, you know, maybe I'm going to stretch that comfort level a little bit and get a taste of the other side, I guess, would be whatever that other side is. And I, I guess I'm just wondering if, if you ever see, or if you've, you know, known people personally, any contributors that do a little bit of, bouncing around to get a flavor of different things versus just saying, this is what I'm really good at and I'm sticking
2: to it. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, the first person who came to mind, I, I don't know if you remember Kim Parcel. She was a wonderful contributor to the WordPress project and she and I were on the documentation team at the same time. And that was back when there was a push for, or I, I don't know if it was just a continued push, but it was for, having documentation in core. And so she worked a lot with the core team to try and document things in line within the core code. And so she kind of, I think, bridged that gap from a user to a developer and she had to talk to developers and kind of put them in a different way of thinking so that they could really document this in a way that it made sense to the end user or to other developers. She was a really special lady.
1: Yeah, she was special for sure. Uh, Brad, do you have any thoughts on that as far as your own experience?
0: I think it's always, you know, kind of to that point of developers versus users. Like, you know, there is definitely a value to, you know, a dev interacting with users more often, right? Because it's easy to kind of get siloed into just writing code um, and pushing features, but not really understanding how people are using those features. Um, and many times, and this is true with client work as well as just WordPress users. But many times, if you talk with users, if you if you listen to their frustrations or areas that are just don't make sense to them it's very eye-opening um because you'll learn things that maybe you didn't see it's very easy to get tunnel vision as a developer it's just like when we build a website when we go into our QA process we bring in developers that were not on the project to actually QA the site because it's easy to overlook something really obvious if you've been staring at the same website for three or four months while you build it um fresh set of eyes are going to catch it immediately you know we've all been there right like somebody calls out something like we made and maybe a blog post we wrote or or a piece of code or a presentation where like wow I have the word duh in there twice like I've looked at this presentation you know a million times before I gave it and I literally have the word duh in there you know twice like why didn't I catch that it's because you were staring at it for so long so I think you know just a different perspective and that's probably true just I mean in life in general right but having a different perspective and hearing feedback um
2: I think is always a, is always a good thing yeah and empathy, being able to kind of put yourself in that user's shoes, you know. Yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. This was fun because it took a kind of – we went off in a couple different topics and different areas. We never know where we're going to go with this, right, Brad?
0: You know what? I just buckle up and see where Bob's driving us. So away we go. <laughs> 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 Meet me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's interesting because I like to, you know, find out the WooCommerce – in-depth stuff but also there's a lot of fringe fringe stuff going on too and i i know any developer can relate to the um being introverted or not or if they've you know they're kind of in that middle of the road and then even contributions huge which i'm sure we will probably talk about more in other shows as well so but yeah i think this was uh, a a great conversation uh my go ahead and close out with some, you know, what's going on with people or if they have anything exciting to share, I'm going to let Eric go first. If anything's going on or he's just, um, you know, something on his radar that he wants to share with us.
2: Well, first uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. I've enjoyed talking to you guys and I've, I'd like to thank you both for your contrib- contributions to WordPress because like Brad, I've read your book many times. <laughs> I bought it for developers and they used it as a reference and I've listened to you talk at, at uh, WordCamps and that's been a big help to me. Um, and Bob, your constant participation and facilitation of conversation in the community is just very commendable. And uh, for being an introvert at heart, I, I just give you lots of props for doing this. Um, as for like announcement things or other things I would think of, you know, WordCamp Minneapolis is this Friday. I'm just south of Minneapolis, but uh, you can attend from anywhere. Tickets are still free. And I think you just have to go to Minneapolis.WordCamp.org slash um, 2020. So that's Friday the 21st. And I think they've got some good sessions. So if you don't have anything shaken, come to Minneapolis virtually.
0: Good, a uh, good, good opportunity to to meet some folks virtually, and then when the when the in person events start up again, you'll you'll you you'll be familiar with some people. You have some friends that you can uh, can meet up with. So especially if you're on the introverted side, it's a good opportunity to kind of see what it's all about. Right, Brad.
1: Let's revisit that. Um, talk about that live coding thing going on. That um, plug-in stuff. You. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> thank you, Eric, for the reminder because yes, the two days I'm doing a live coding session no pressure um <laughs> uh, over on uh post status so uh basically going to be um it's about an hour long free webinar join up and i'm going to be live coding a plug-in your 1st plugin. so it's going to be fun it's going to be informative if you've ever been interested in building a plug-in or uh have dabbled in it but looking to take a little bit further i'm going to be there with uh the co-authors of, of our latest book, Professional WordPress Plugin Development, second edition. So John James Jacoby and Justin Tadlock will be with me, uh, along with Corey Miller, kind of facilitating the conversation as I'm writing code. And they're probably critiquing everything I write down. But it um, should be a fun time. We'll see how it goes. I've never, I don't think I've ever live coded in front of an audience, virtual or in person. So uh, if nothing else, it should be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you can check that out i i've got some tweets on it on my twitter williams ba or uh, over at post status i think it's post underscore status on twitter they have some links to it too but start thir- this thursday the 20th um at 2 p.m eastern time so it'll be the day the show comes out but a little bit later in the day so hope to see you over there
1: very cool and i just might drop that um Woo 4.4 came out, um, minor update. The interesting thing I I was just going to bring up about it is the centralized coupon management area, which is now in the marketing, um, under the marketing space. And, And what they've done, if you do go in there and you haven't been playing around with beta, is that your coupons are available, the link in the side under WooCommerce, as they always were. But they're also going to be duplicated under marketing. So you'll be able to go in, I believe, in the advanced settings and toggle it off once you're new to it or you're, I guess, familiar and used to the new location. So you can keep it in the old spot and have it both places or you can toggle that off. Uh, a few other um, odds and ends with that one. And then blocks. Uh, let's see which one. Block 3.2 came out with dark color support, uh, more control over payment methods and enabling order notes both on both the cart and the checkout block. So so a couple things that came out um all today which is Tuesday, a uh, couple days before the show comes out and uh yeah, just moving along with the releases on the WooCommerce end. So I think that about does it. Uh just want to thank the sponsors once again. Uh, GoWP.com. Uh, you might want to check out their Facebook, uh, GoWP Niche Agency Owners Group. So, if you're uh, they have some cool stuff going on there. They have a Friday Happiness Hour. You can get on there and talk to people and bring in your challenges. So, I check that out. Uh, WooCommerce.com, of course. Uh, Always good stuff going on over there. And check out WC.com, Checkout out page. It's that critical point. Make it user-friendly and conversion-friendly. So, Eric, where can people connect with you on the web?
2: Uh, good question. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, just Eric Amonson, if you look me up. Um, I My email is just eric at ivycat.com. So if you have any questions or need anything, ping me.
1: Cool. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. I know as an introvert facing bob and brad is like a um uh a challenge right brad
0: no it was a pleasure introvert or not it's probably a challenge facing us but
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no thank you guys so much i appreciate it yeah thanks this was great